Hello, and welcome to the Be Brave podcast series. In this series, our host, Allison Pickens, Chief Operating Officer at Gainsight, interviews heroes from around our community, such as servant leaders who are paving the way for others through their action and mentorship, voyagers who have decided to take a leap of faith and help pave the way for others through their actions and decisions, and reformers who will share their stories of reformation both in their company and communities and provide useful tips on how you can face adversity head on. In this episode, Allison sits down with Amanda Richardson, CEO of Rabbit, to discuss what being brave means to her and how she made the jump to being CEO of Rabbit and more. Now let's get to the show. Amanda, I'm so excited to have you on the Be Brave uh, video series. We're really lucky to have you. Well, thank you for having me. Um, it's I, be fun. I feel especially lucky because we met um, a long time ago, like maybe seven years ago or six years ago or something like that. And um, I, we almost like worked together. I remember I was yes. like, super excited to work with you. And then like I think the role went away, and so it didn't end up happening. But I'm so excited to have you um, back in my life in another way. Like in, and now we're in neighbors too. too. And now we're neighbors. Yeah, which is fun. <laughs> which is really fun. So um, when I think of bravery, you are one of the people that I think of for many reasons. Um, and so um, we'll, we'll get into like your background, all of the amazing things that you've done. But like to start, I just love to pose the question to you. Like, what does bravery mean in your life? It's a great question. Um, I th- when I think about bravery, for me, as I kind of like peel back all the layers, it comes down to authenticity. And there's so many things in this world that are pushing you to... Um, you know the, what you're supposed to say or you know what you're supposed to do, but like having that authentic reaction to not do that or go against the grain or just kind of own up to what you really believe, to me, that's where bravery comes in. And um, it happens every day, right? It happens like, it, I mean, at work, it's like obvious examples, right? Where you're supposed to say yes to whatever your boss wants or the board wants, where you're supposed to say yes to whatever the customer wants. Um, but even at home, like, you know, how you treat your children and your spouse. And like, there's just so many examples of, it's just really hard to be authentic today. And um, to me, that's like the best, like that's the most quintessential spirit of bravery. I love that. Well, to mention like one minor, but I think notable example of bravery, you are wearing incredible tights right now. And I don't, I'm not sure if like everyone can see them, but like, if you wouldn't mind flashing, are, oh, is that really? a dinosaur bone on um, your- Well, my two year old this morning did say dinosaur, but it's not, uh, I think it's just a-, a It's a, a skull. skull. It's a, a deer skull. skull of somehow. Yeah. Which, which, like fires me up. Like I would, I if I dressed like you in the morning, I would be like super excited to like. Well, ironically, they're work. yoga pants, which I think means you're supposed to be very zen, but they're the opposite for me. Um, but I bought them at uh, the shop in Tahoe, uh, and they put me on. They totally fired me up, and then they became the pants that I always wore to board meetings. Yeah, because I feel like when you just need that, like. We're gonna do this. We're gonna like get in there. We're gonna either nail the presentation or get the decision we want, or we're gonna go in and just kind of have the point of view. Like, I'm ready. This is my game face, and I felt <laughs> like it was subtle enough that like no one in the board was gonna be like, "Is that a dead animal skull on your pants?" <laughs> no one's gonna say that, but it kind of like made me feel good to kind of know. It was like my own like secret. I, not F you, but F you. <laughs> <laughs> so the board, I love, 
I love that. Well, and I, you know, it's funny. Like, so um, for me, like, I grew up wearing a uniform going to school. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, these skirts that were pleated, and I wore this, like, basically the same skirt. We, we would wash it, you know, of course, but like, <laughs> hopefully. same, hopefully, same skirt, like, every day for eight years, like, yeah. from middle school through high school. And so, um, you know, that was like the skirt that I would like take exams in and study for my test in. And um, actually, we also had skirts for sports too, like in lacrosse, you would actually wear skirts. So like whenever I was doing something hardcore, I was in a fluffy skirt. And so I actually associate fluffy skirts with being hardcore. And and so even today I'm wearing like actually not a pleated skirt, but it's a- The leather trim is very hardcore. Yeah, it's, well, it's, yeah, it's got like the feminine aspect of like layers, but also like the leather to kind of spice things up. So anyway, um, I honestly, I even think like the way you dress, uh, you know, the decisions that you make in terms of how you dress, I think, especially as a woman, like, can come under a lot of scrutiny. I remember so um, at a previous company that I worked at, it was heavy, heavily like, male-dominated, and I felt uncomfortable wearing a dress to work, even if it was a super professional, you know, dress and, and was supposed to be for, you know, for a work environment. Um, I felt when I joined that I had to wear, like, pants and a button-up collared shirt yes. every day just yes. to I had that fit job. in, you yes. know, and I, and I remember it took me maybe like nine months or so when I eventually just decided I'm just going to, I'm going to like dress how, what, in a way that like makes me feel good. And so I started wearing dresses and it was almost like my mark of individuality um, at the time. Good uh, on so. you because I always felt like, so I had, uh, mine was on Wall Street and, you know, I always got the feedback like you need to be more buttoned up, you need to be more serious. I think that's very gender loaded. I'm happy to talk about that. But uh, that was always kind of the critique is like, you do good work, but you're just a little too casual and a little too you know, me, uh, and so be more buttoned up. And so I would always like try to compensate by wearing like really uncomfortable business suits, <laughs> uh, like to make up for my personality. And it was just like back to like inauthenticity and not being brave. Like I was definitely conforming, being like, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is the right answer. And it was misery. Total misery. Totally. So you are now CEO um, of, of a company, which I'm so excited about. Um, we ran into each other at a conference, and I learned that you had made this transition recently. Mm-hmm. I was super excited to see it. Um, I'd love if you'd tell us about your company and like how you ended up uh, deciding to, to take on a CEO role. Yeah. Uh, so the company's Rabbit. Um, we are collaborative video watching, uh, the way to watch anything with anyone anywhere. So effectively... You log into the website, you pick the show you want to watch, uh, whether that's Netflix or Hulu or YouTube or any, you know, I mean, it's a web, it's a web interface, so you can kind of watch anything. Uh, You send a link to some friends and you can watch it. So we see people get together to watch fantasy football teams or fantasy football groups to get together to watch football. We see um, long distance relationships. My 17 year old nephew, who's tired of me talking about him, he's a user and it's what he and his friends do at night and they log in, they kind of hang out, they watch TV while they're doing homework. Um, You know, my sister-in-law will always laugh. He comes downstairs and says things like, she'll be like, what'd you do last night? He's like, I watched TV with my friends. And she's like, I thought you were home. (laughs) But he was. Um, And this This is a brilliant product. Like, I I can think of so many people in my life who don't live in the same place, like different cities, but we want to watch shows together. And, you know, because TV is not necessarily, like, you don't consume it necessarily in the way that you used to where it's on a schedule, everyone watches, you know, 
friends like at the, the, yeah. you know, the same time like you actually you have to coordinate so this yeah. seems like a good well and it's hilarious it. the number of people I talk to who are like oh my god that's how I solve that problem I call you know fill in the blank my brother my boyfriend whatever and we like bring up Netflix and then we hit go at the same time but it's yeah. always <laughs> off by a second it's like <laughs> awkward so um, yeah that's what we do and it's a ton of fun I transitioned in August so probably you know roughly six nine months ago uh-huh. and um, it's been it's been a hoot that's amazing. And what do you love most about being CEO? Um, I love the breadth and diversity of my day. Um, it's, it's um, I know we were talking this morning. Um, I met with my coach. I talked with a prospective investor. I talked with a strategic advisor. I then tried to recruit somebody on my drive to the office. Then at the office, had a quick meeting on design review. I mean, it's context shifting to the nth degree but I love it because it is just so diverse and interesting um, I do sometimes miss you know, like getting deep into some operational aspect or really like being the functional knowledge um, those are things that I don't uh, that I wish that I need to figure out how to flex a little bit more but it's just um, it's just every day is completely interesting um, and I always have something to talk about at dinner with my husband it sounds awesome you know I think so many people think of CEO roles as just kind of scary like all the weights on you but it sounds like you're also that might be true but it sounds like you're also having a lot of fun um, so yeah. you know what I'm wondering is for all those women out there who sort of think oh like theoretically it'd be nice to be in charge but you know it sounds I'm not sure if I want to make the leap like you know what made you decide that like now was the right time and I'm gonna well so I was that woman so true story I was um, interviewing for a COO job I didn't get it because I found out I was four months pregnant um, which yes is illegal and wrong but that sometimes is how things go which I'm happy to also gripe about Uh, but I met with the recruiter afterwards and he was like why do you want to be COO like what is it about this job that's really interesting and I was like well I think it's a good stepping stone to be CEO and here are the things I want to learn and he was like why don't you just go be CEO Um, and now for context you know this was actually two months before my 40th birthday I was four months pregnant with my second child and I was leaving a really great job and I was like uh okay figuring you know, back to bravery, like, yeah, the worst I can do is get an offer and say no. Within a week, I had five interviews. People were amazingly receptive and super excited. And I mean, I had people who said, I'm so glad you finally said you were ready. I've been waiting for you to say this, which was just like great. And I think that's like one of those examples where you just don't even know you're ready until you try it. And then everybody came out of the woodwork and was like, yes, good for you. So um, I did it. You did it. And, you know, it's funny. I think in retrospect, I look at you and your background. It's almost obvious that you're CEO now. Oh, right? sure. Like right. You, like, oh, yeah, no. Well, I mean, seriously, <laughs> you, you led, um, I think, marketing. or, or sorry, tell, Remind product. us, like, Yeah, and, so yeah. I did business development out of business school, which then led me into product. I did product for years, marketing management. Um, and then um, moved over to, like, a data and strategy role, built out a biz ops team, was running legal and HR. So, yeah, I mean, it kind of does become obvious of, like, this is the next step. But when you're in it, you... I think when you're in it, you think so much about what you don't have as opposed to, like, taking the step up or the step back to say, like, what do I have? Um, And, you know, when I would go to interviews, people were like, wow, you have so much broader experience than anyone else we're talking to because they've just been in this one function or whatever. And so it's just... um, 
It's always good validation. It, like, made my day. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, did you ever feel like you had to check all the boxes to make yourself eligible oh, sure. to be CEO? Oh, right. Yeah. Well, that, that's why I needed that COO role, because I didn't have that title, and I hadn't really run this revenue piece, and I hadn't done this. And I feel like... There's so much feedback in your life where people tell you why you're not qualified for something and that that's just what you hear, right? No one ever says, like, here are the nine things you do have and the one thing that in this role you don't have, but these are the great things you have. And so it just, um, you know, you can harp on the, the missing pieces as opposed to the right brighter pieces. And, yeah. and I think so much of the CEO role is about building an amazing executive team that can complement you. So if there's that one out of 10 things that you don't have, you'll hire around it and learn it yourself probably as well. And the CEOs I've worked with, I mean, the thing that has, uh, I've worked with great people, but the thing that has generally made me crazy about them has been that there's so much in my business, particularly in product management, which is really important functionally in a software company, that I was like, ah, oh, why do they always get into my business? Well, then why do you want to be the CEO who knows how to do everything and get in everybody's business? Yeah. You're just going to make them crazy. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost good to not know how to do because you have to build trust and you have to you have to scale yourself. Like, I mean, any leader knows you can't make all the decisions in your team. I mean, that just gets worse and broader as you go up. Were there certain experiences you had earlier in your career that gave you the courage that you needed to make that final leap to CEO? I mean, the best story I have, um, and I will always credit my father with this, when I was when I was in fourth grade, I got my first C, yeah. um, which probably tells you that. You had letter grades in elementary school? Yeah. Wow, we did not. We had like check and check plus. Are you kidding? <laughs> Sounds like you went to a hardcore elementary school. No, I was nine. You get grades. This is school. No, we had no grades. Yeah, yeah. No one got trophies in my okay. school. Anyway, right, so we got, got grades. I got a C. It was my first C. Clearly, I was traumatized because I'm talking about this mm, 31 years later. <laughs> um, but it was a C in gym class. And now I will not claim to be like an Olympic champion, but I don't consider myself necessarily like I, I could pass a physical, the presidential physical fitness test. Like, why am I getting a C? And so my dad sat me down. I was like, Why did you get a C? And I was like, I don't know. You know, Coach Billings. You know, and I kind of made up some excuses. He's like, You don't know why? Why don't you go talk to the coach? And so. I had to muster up all this courage, and Coach Billings was, I mean, I was nine. I remember her being at least 10 feet tall, <laughs> at least 300 pounds. <laughs> so, like, I'm sure she had pointed teeth, uh, when in reality she was just a human. But I just remember it being this such a scary moment, and I kind of, like, practiced what I was going to say. And I walked into her office, and she happened, you know, teachers are friends, and they're normal people now, I understand. And in there was the assistant principal, and I was like, oh, no, this is terrible. She said, how can I help you, Amanda? And I said, I want to know why I got a C. And so she said, well, let's look it up. And the answer was I'd worn colored socks six times or something like that, which was, like, so many points off, and that was how I ended up with a C. And I kind of was like, okay, thank you. Oh, man. <laughs> But now I knew, and I, that was a problem I could address. And so... What's I, wrong with colored socks? I, I don't know. It was not in the dress code. It's like, you know, oh, okay. if you wore pants instead of the skirt, you got to have a thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that was, like, my first big moment of being like, oh, wait, I can do this. We'll be okay. Like, that was, like, a really scary experience for a nine-year-old. And I lived. And so what do I take with that along the way? Every time... Every time I have one of those scary moments, whether it's a tough conversation I need to have with a board member now, or a um, 
you know, prior review meetings or even like asking the CEO or the, my past managers for raises and promotions. Like I always think about that moment. I think I lived and the answer was so incredibly lame, colored socks. Like there's <laughs> nothing to fear here. Like the worst they can do is say colored socks and you're like, okay, fine. I can fix that. Colored socks. I feel like that's just yeah. a hashtag to like <laughs> exactly. overcome your fear. Overcome your fear. The answer is colored <laughs> socks. You'll be fine. Yes. Amazing. Um, what other advice would you have for folks who have a dream but have some anxiety about whether they should make the leap to achieve it? I think the only, I guess I have two pieces of advice. Um, one, then this sounds a little counterintuitive, you can quit anytime. Like, that seems crazy, but it's so true. I think there's so many things, so many jobs I didn't apply for, so many projects I didn't take on because I always said, well, maybe I don't really want that job or maybe that job's not a good fit for me or maybe that project's gonna be too much. When in looking back, I should have just said yes and then gotten into it and been like, oh, now that I have that job offer, I'm not into it. Like, you know, now that I know more, right? Rather than making yeah. all those assumptions up front. Um, so I think it's first and foremost about just like, you can always quit, so just say yes. No reason not to. And then I think the other piece of advice is it, it really makes you feel alive to take risks. And I think sometimes it's just like my way of satisfying my boredom. Yes. You know, yeah. you know, yeah. like just breaking out and trying something different and like just use it as a way to like stretch yourself and see that even even if you fall flat on your face, which I do all the time, um, at least you like stretched yourself a little bit and you have something to talk about. And it's a little more interesting. I have so many friends who will say like, oh, I'm just in this rut and I'm not doing anything different. Well, okay, fine, then just say yes to a new challenge and see what happens or put your resume out there or put your hand up. Just try. I love that. Just try. <laughs> Just try. <laughs> awesome. I feel like we should end on that note. Amanda, okay. thank you so much of for course. having this conversation with me today. Yeah. I feel fired up coming away, and oh, um, I'm you. sure everyone else does too. Good so to see you. Thank, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Be Brave series. If you want to hear more stories from influential heroes from around our community, be sure to check out www.bebravetogether.com. Until next time, this has been the Be Brave podcast series with your host, Allison Pickens. See you on the next one.